0: comes not except to steal kill and destroy i have come that you might have and enjoy life life in abundance until it overflows
1: Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Yao Afuakwa. Pastor Afuakwa is the general overseer of Faith House Charismatic Chapel International, a thriving ministry in Kumase, Ghana.
0: God has commissioned him to preach and teach the word of faith for people to know God better, live life better, and impact their world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory Success and limitless prosperity.
1: God bless you as you listen. Come with me to Psalm 122, verse 1 to 9. Psalm 122,
2: verse 1 to 9. I love my church. Okay, let's read it together. One go. I was. Uh-huh. Let's continue. Verse 2. <laughs> this is David speaking, right? David says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go where? Into the house of God. And then you look at verse uh, 2. He says, hearing we stand. In hearing here And now here we are, standing inside your gates, O Jerusalem. So it's like, he's saying, let us go into the house of God. And he's also saying that the house of God is kind of Jerusalem. I don't know whether somebody is following that. Because he says, let's go into the house of God. And then he says, we have arrived. And we are standing in the gates of Jerusalem. Then he says, Jerusalem is a well-built city. It was a its similar wars cannot be breached verse 4 he says all the tribes of israel please follow all the tribes of israel the lost people make their pilgrimage there they come to give thanks to the name of the lord as the law requires of israel okay here stand the thrones where judgment is given the thrones of the dynasty of david pray for peace in jerusalem for may all those who love this city prosper. May you prosper. Amen. I said, may you prosper. Amen. He says, verse number seven. O oh Jerusalem, may there be peace within your walls and prosperity in your palaces. May there be prosperity in our palaces. Amen. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Now he said, for the sake of my family and friends, I will say, may you have peace. Amen. Verse nine. For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek what is best for you, O Jerusalem. Amen. Praise God. May you receive grace to seek what is best for God. Amen. Follow this reading closely, because that's where we'll be staying all through the month. From verse 1, it says, I was glad when they said, take me to verse 1, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to where? The house of the Lord. Now, when you come to verse then verse 2, he says, In hearing we are standing inside your gates, O Jerusalem. Then when you go down to verse 9, he says, For the sake of the house of the Lord God, I will seek your, I will seek what is best for you, O Jerusalem. Amen. Amen. When you read your Bible very well in the Old Testament and the New Testament, there are certain words that are used quite frequently. And They are not just used for nothing. Everything written in scripture is very important. The Bible says all scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable. So everything written in scripture is very instructive and profitable. The Bible uses the word Jerusalem. It uses Zion. It uses the sanctuary. It uses the house of God. And sometimes they use them interchangeably. Sometimes they use them in different contexts. In the New Testament, sometimes when... You see the word Zion or Jerusalem or uh, sanctuary or the temple. In the New Testament, we don't have much of that. But usually, we are using those words to describe or depict the church. Praise God. Amen. When he says, uh, I'm going to the house of the Lord, he's talking about church. Now, when you come to Hebrews chapter 12, you will get this picture very well. Hebrews chapter 12, he said, but you are come unto Mount Zion and unto the city of the living God the heavenly Jerusalem and to an innumerable company of angels to verse uh, 23 he said to the general assembly and the church of the firstborn of El- which are written in heaven and to God the judge of all and to the spirit of just men made perfect so he's talking about coming to Zion coming to Jerusalem and coming to the church of the firstborn so Jerusalem when you use I just don't have the time to fully walk you through many of them but I just want you to just get that basis that Jerusalem, in our context or in the, for the purpose of our study, represents the church. Somebody say the church. Good. Church. Good. Again, let's look at Psalm 20, verse 2 in the uh, New new Living Translation. It said, Psalm 22, may he send you help from a sanctuary. May he send you help from where? His sanctuary, and strengthen you from where? Jerusalem. So he's talking about the sanctuary, and it's as if the sanctuary is Jerusalem. Follow closely. Come to the contemporary English version. May the Lord help you from his temple, and come to rescue you from Mount Zion. He said, may the Lord help you from where? His temple, the same place, and rescue you from Mount Zion. That is Mount Zion depicting the church. That's Jerusalem depicting the church. That is uh, all those things describing the church. When you look at the Old Testament, you will understand why some of these phrases were used. In the Old Testament, Jerusalem was very important. And even in the New Testament, Jerusalem was very important. You can't talk about the church without looking at the place called Jerusalem. Jerusalem. And you can't talk, the Jewish people will not exist without Jerusalem. In fact, the whole Arab-Israeli war is uh, centered on one major thing, is who will get to reign or live in Jerusalem. The Muslims want a place. And the Jewish people say, Jerusalem must remain as the undivided capital of the nation of Israel. You, You hear them say it all the time. And it's because that city is very significant. biblical terms Wow, wow how significant was this city it started when god started introducing the reign of kings when david was king and when Saul and others were kings the city of jerusalem was the royal city where a lot of things so he says that is a place where thrones and judgment are passed out that was a place where a lot of activity and a lot of things were going on at the time so it was a royal city, a place for various various reasons. It was the royal capital of the Jewish people during the era of the kings. Again, Jerusalem also remains, and even to date. Then it was the, uh, it was the religious capital, so royal. And then religious capital, religious capital in the sense that that was the center of sacrifice, that was the center of worship, that was the center where everything Christianity, everything godly, everything that had to do with their relationship with God had to be done. So if there are things that were going on, feasts were held in Jerusalem, sacrifices, conferences, in our days we we'll call it conferences, all of them were done in Jerusalem because that was a place God said. I will choose a place and I'll put my name there, and that became more or less to them like Jerusalem. The Temple of Solomon was built in Jerusalem. Praise God. That's why that city is so significant. When Jesus was on earth, even while he was on earth as man, Jerusalem was still significant. Jesus came on earth as a Jew, and as a Jew, he knew the significance of Jerusalem. When he came, the people were still worshiping God in Jerusalem. So he met a woman at the well one time and they were talking. And in a conversation, the woman said that, I know you are a prophet. I see you as a master. I realize that you people are the Jews. And you say that we worship. uh, Our fathers told us we worship in the mountain. But you Jews say we must worship in Jerusalem. How many of you have read that in scripture before? Now, so that was a place of worship. Then Jesus said, knowing that he was going to die and save us, and bring a group of people who may never travel to Jerusalem Jesus said after my death burial and resurrection Jerusalem as a physical place will not be the place of worship but Jerusalem will be translated into a spiritual place so that whenever two or three people are gathered in my name and my spirit is in their presence that place becomes a heavenly Jerusalem on earth I'm not communicating here now it's so important this is foundational to everything we are going to talk about here because you see so jerusalem was important when jesus finished his ministry and was about to leave the earth that was the place he was uh, killed the place he was uh, uh, buried the place he resurrected and the place he ascended all happened in jerusalem now again when he was about departing he told his disciples in the book of Acts, chapter one and verse number three there all of these things are accounted in scripture. I just don't have the time. That's why I don't want to bore you so much with details. Now, when he, was, when he finished in verse number four, he told them they should not depart, but they should stay in, should not depart from where? Jerusalem. Can you see that? He said they should not depart from Jerusalem. They should stay in Jerusalem. Why? What is special about Jerusalem? Why should they stay in Jerusalem? Stay in Jerusalem until you have been filled with the power from Ohio. When the day of Pentecost came, where were they? Jerusalem. It was Jerusalem that Jesus said they should start their ministry of reaching out to the nations of the world with the gospel. Acts 1:8. He said, You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem. And then you go to the outermost part of the earth. So that was how significant Jerusalem was. Praise God. Now if Jerusalem was that significant, and Jerusalem also refers in scripture to the church, then the church equally is very significant. Amen. When David was speaking, he said, my fish shall stand in your gates, O Jerusalem. And he says, may all those who love Jerusalem in our context, the church, may they do what? Prosper. Amen. Did you see that? He said, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. The word pray is not just about closing your eyes and praying. It means desire the best for Jerusalem. Contribute your quota to the advancement of Jerusalem. Make sure that Jerusalem is a priority for you. And he says, you will prosper. Peace shall be within your walls and prosperity within your palaces. He said, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May all who love this city prosper. Praise God. Your will prosper. Amen. I said you will prosper. Amen. There was a man who prospered and all who succeeded or broke through, if I may use that word, supernaturally. And the key that helped that man was the key of loving the house of God. Mm-hmm. Praise God. Amen. That was the man who wrote that book and said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of God. And this man did so many things to prove his love for the house of God. Let's look at how this man ended and we will see where he started from. Look at 1 Chronicles 29, verse 26 to 28. 1 Chronicles 29, 26 to 28. So David, son of Jesse, reigned over all Israel. Verse 27. He ran over Israel for how many years? 40 years. May you reign for a long time. Amen. May you reign for a long time. When you have money, may you have it for a long time. Amen. Every good thing you receive, may it be in your hand for a long time. Amen. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Today, when they rain eight years, we are tired of them. They should go away. Praise God. Somebody rain 40 years and people like him. People like him. People like him. If you have made the boss in your organization for 15 years, oh, people will like you. That was it. That's what I'm talking about. May you reign for a long time. Amen. Because it's a blessing to be able to be in charge of something that is doing well for a long time. Amen. It's a blessing. It's a blessing. He reigned seven of them in Hebron and 33 years in Jerusalem. Look at verse 28. He died. Huh. Please let's read it together. I won't go. He died. Uh huh. This is the greatest blessing or breakthrough anybody can have. It's comprehensive. It's all around. And it happened to him in his lifetime. You don't die to see your children do well. Praise God. There are people, they are are burning their energy. They are everything. In fact, they don't have, people make a lot of sacrifices only to die and realize that everything has been squandered. Their children sometimes go away, what? Spoil everything that they have labored for. But not so. Not so. The Bible said he died at a ripe old age. That's number one. Because some people, they, they can also earn a lot of things. And they die prematurely. They can't explain it. And there are things that kill people prematurely. There are forces that can kill you prematurely if you are not connected. Am i Am not communicating here? Yeah, yes, it's also. It happened. He, he, he enjoyed long life. A ripe old age. Long life. Wealth. Somebody say wealth. May you not live long and be poor. Amen. Long life, wealth, and most importantly, honor. Somebody say honor. Honor. When you are dead and gone, may things not be discovered that will bring discredit to your name. Amen. Can somebody give me a believing amen. amen? Amen. You have lived a life and everybody knows you as a very good person. Da, 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 da. When you die, and then information begins to come out. This guy was a gay, this guy was this, that guy was a that. Michael Jackson died. And even in his death, he's still causing controversy. He was some people's idol. And I pray that he may not be your idol too. If you are in church and Michael Jackson is your idol, you have a problem. You have a serious problem. Praise God. But that man died in wealth. And after that, now CNN is all over. You see how many years it took Bill Cosby. He was loved by many people. Yeah. Mommy so liked that guy. Uh. Praise God. Yeah. Big Cosby. Look, in his old age, when he should be enjoying what he has had, see where he's, he's likely to be behind bars. Ultimately, that's where it's going. Praise God, 80. 86! Do you go to prison at 86? No. no, you live in your house and die, but... There is something that brings people into certain ends in life. Praise God. Is he the only person who committed this crime? No. There are others who have committed heinous crimes like that in America and they are walking free. So how come that others have done it and the, he, he did it and he's been caught and he's been disgraced like this? Others have done it. Sometimes you can't explain it except to say the favor of God. Except to say what? Yeah, because see, when you look at the life of David that I'm presenting to you, you may think that he had everything fixed, but not so with David. In fact, I don't like to preach about people who have all sorted out. Because me, I don't have it all sorted out. Praise God. I'm not all perfect, but God is gracious and merciful. Praise God. David was not all perfect, but there was a certain disposition David had. That secured him a place, a unique place with God. That even what other people did and God would just smash them down. David did them and God was still merciful. There was a setting disposition and I pray that in this series, you will come to that frequency. Praise God. Hallelujah. Yeah. Very important. If you catch this, you will end like he did. Praise God. Hallelujah. And I pray that everyone shall end like that. Amen. What was this secret? You see, let's go back where we read, 29. First Chronicles chapter 29, verse 27, 27 to 28, he tells us about his life. Verse 28 tells us he died in an old, old age and enjoyed wealth and honor and his son reigned in his stead. But come to verse 1 and you will see where the secret was because the verse 1, the scripture must be read in context. The, the king David turned to the entire assembly and said, my son Solomon. Whom God has clearly chosen as the next king of Israel is still young and inexperienced. The work ahead of him is what? Oh. For the temple he will build is not meant for mere mortars, it is for the Lord God himself. Okay, verse 2. Now for the house of my God, I have prepared with all my might. This is David speaking. Gold for things to be made of gold, silver for things of silver, bronze for things of bronze, iron for things of iron, wood for things of iron, uh, wood, on stones, stones to be set, glistening stones of various colors, all kinds of precious stones, and marble slabs in abundance, verse 3. Now, he says, moreover, because I have set my affection on the house of my God. Did you see that? He said his affection where? On the house of his God. That was a major secret of his life. Set his affection. He was in love with the house of God. If you read all the Psalms, you see a man who was passionate after God and after the house of God. I've set my affection on the house of my God. That was what made him. And it will make you also in Jesus' name. I said it will make you also in Jesus' name. What does it mean to love the church, therefore? So we are looking at the the breakthrough power of loving the church somebody say breakthrough power power. of loving the church church. (laughs) breakthrough power of loving the church what we are saying is that when you are in love with the church of god and you are committed to the progress advancement and explosion of it god also makes you breakthrough and you will break through i said you will break through in jesus precious name In Jesus' precious name. In Jesus' precious name. In Jesus' precious name. To love the church simply is to set your affection on the house of God. Somebody say set set your affection. You see, our affection, affection means your desires, the things you love, your emotions, your drives. Set it your likes, your wants, all of it speak about affection. Set your affection on the house of God. Set it. You can set it. The Bible says, now that we are saved, we must set our affection on God and things that pertains to him. Set your affection. Somebody say set your affection. Set your affection. Set your affection. Set your affection. David was stupendously blessed. And the secret was that he was in love with the church. Everything that had to do with the church, David was concerned about it contributed everything in his might towards the federals of God's church why is it necessary to love the church one because God loves the church somebody say God loves the church yes. Say God loves the church yes. yeah you must love the church because God loves the church. God loves the church God loves the church God loves the church God loves it look at what the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 5 verse 25 he said husbands this means Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved what? Yes. Christ loved what? Yes. Christ loved what? Yes. Christ loved what? Yes. Christ loved what? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Just as Christ loved the church. And he didn't just love the church by just attending. He loved the church and gave himself to it. That's why we'll talk about it. He gave himself. That's how he loved the church. He gave himself to it. That's not my focus this morning. So, those of you who are anti-giving message, you can wait. <laughs> Praise God. Yeah. He gave himself, he didn't give money to it all. He gave his life. Somebody say his life. his life. So when you give money to church, you have not really given anything. Am I communicating here? When you pay your tithe, you are not giving. He gave his life for the church. That now helps you to get direction in life. That now helps you to know how to marry and stay married in life. That now brings wholeness to every part of your being. That now prepares you so that when you die from this earth, you can have a place with God in eternity. He didn't give anything to it. He gave his life for it. What are you able to give? What are you willing to give? Is giving your time to the church a difficulty for you? Is serving in the house of God a difficulty for you? The man gave his life. Somebody said he gave his life. He gave his life. No, no. This man, look, the church, there's nothing that God loves on earth like, I'll I say in the first service that there are a couple of things God loves. God loves. And it's, if you want to have a good relationship with anybody, you just have to find out what the person loves and also love it. Nobody so That's all. If you want to have a good relationship with me, and I like golf, you must like golf. Are you ta- getting what I'm talking about? Learn to like it. You may not play it, but at least when it's being played, just laugh about it. <laughs> let me tell you, the reason why some people have serious problems in their marriages is because they don't have, they've not learned to like the things their partners love. Yeah, yeah. Your husband loves football and you don't, you don't, I Because you are not working in wisdom. Yeah. Hey, now, teams, we're going for crown crowd when I say why woman I say yellowy. Now it becomes a funny thing. Your husband laughs it over. Gradually your interest will be winning over. But if you don't, you may not like it, and there are many things you didn't like before, but now you have come to like them. You learn to like them. When people are really serious and truthful, they always grow in their likeness for things. There are many things you didn't like to do before. If they told you to like football, so that they will give you a hundred thousand dollars. You'll be laughing about it. <laughs> the, the, the score. And you don't know that the VB score. Yeah. <laughs> Praise God. Know what God likes and loves and loves it. One of the things that God loves the church. So you must also love the church. Psalm 132, verse 13 to 14. It says, For God hath chosen Zion. Zion is what? The church. He had desired it for his habitation. He said, this is my rest forever. Here I will dwell, for I have desired it. So why are you desiring something else? You desire to be in the sports stadium. You don't desire to be in church. Why? You desire to hang out with your friends, but you don't desire coming to church. You desire to go to funerals where you are not invited. But coming to church and being regular is a difficulty for you. Why? Because you don't love God. Praise God. That's the first reason why you must love the church. Because God loves the church. Number two, love the church because your breakthrough and your all-round well-being in life is tied to it. Some of us would have died but for the church. If you'd be very truthful with yourself. Some of you, something would have happened maybe to your marriage, to your children, to your own life some of you would have committed suicide but for the church issues come up situations happen and we are able to go through because we obtain help from the church I'm I complicating somebody here it's all vital your breakthrough it says pray for the, pray for the peace of what Jerusalem is there may all who love this city prosper that's what it says all who love it will prosper you will prosper also I said you will prosper also yeah, your breakthrough is start to it. Somebody say my breakthrough. breakthrough. Uh-huh. That was, you see, David was a prophet. The Bible calls him a prophet. And as a prophet, he knew things before they happened. So David knew that the church was the most important thing to God at the time. Before even Jesus came to form the church. He knew it so much. And so he invested in it and God also blessed him in return. When Jesus came, do you know he said the same thing? He said there are many things people are worried about, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Some of us have heard it too many times that sometimes we even get irritated when we hear it. You see, the reason why you are irritated and you are not excited is because it does not become a revelation to you. When it becomes a revelation to your spirit, you always get excited when you hear it. When you become committed to seeking first, the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All other things are added to you. Amen. Look at the things that were added to David. How many of them could he buy from, uh, uh, what do you call it, shop rights? Is it the honor? Is it the wealth? Is it the long life? Do you know how much people pay just because they want to live? And they say they lose their loved ones. Go to the, the number of doctors here. People spend so much. People travel all the way sometimes to India. And when they get there, they die there. After how much expenses? But the Bible said he died in a good old age. Not that kind of sickness. Praise God. Hallelujah. God ended him well. And his secret was that. That's it. What was important to God became important to him. Huh. There are proofs. Love is love with proofs. Somebody say love is love. love, is love. With proofs. Yeah. Any claim of love that is not attended by proofs is fake. Love is love with proofs. A gentleman who says he loves you and it takes three days to respond to your text message is not serious. Am I communicating here? Yeah, he's not serious. You have been calling him every time and he calls you once a week. You call him three times a week and girl, you are still following. You are wasting your time. Because sooner or later, it will not work. Am I communicating here? So love is love with proofs. The Bible said, let us not love in words. But indeed, because he knows that it's easy for people to say, I love. It's people, it's easy. Like we're saying prophetic focus, I love the church. And a number of you were saying it. Everybody said it. But let's get into the proofs to see whether you truly love the church. How many of you are ready for the proofs? Yeah. You are ready? You are not? Even if you are not ready, I'm ready to give it. So you must have it praise God yeah. what are the biblical proofs of love for the church number one and I'm touching on number one number one don't forget David died in a good old old age so one blessing that loving the church can bring to you is long Life. long Life. long Life. long, Life. long Life. and I'm so excited that it is scientifically proven it's scientific. I mean the Bible is powerful The Bible is powerful. The Bible is powerful. He knows that you believe in some things. When God speaks, whatever God says today, it may take science a hundred years from now to discover it, to be true. But when God said it, today it was true before their discovery. Praise God. I bought a book, uh, I think uh, a couple of years ago, like four, no, four years. Is, is, I bought that book when I was a student. The A to Z keys for health. I think we we'll listen. And I'll show you something. I'll, I'm going to make somebody read something from that book. And you will listen and you see how this thing relates. Praise God. I don't like doing theoret- theoretical things. Praise God. Uh-huh. The message and the assignment of my life is, is designed to make people see resource, physical resource in their lives. am I communicating. Apart from spiritual transformation, it must translate to physical resource. Praise God. Uh-huh. So that is my ministry, and it reflects in my teaching. That's how I teach, the way I teach, and I handle all the things I handle. What the book gave, the research came out with, will blow your mind. The foremost biblical proof that we want to consider is the proof of commitment to regular fellowship when you love the church you will be glad when it is said to you let us go to the house of god am i communicating when you love the church what will happen you will be what glad when it is said to you let us i can't hear you say when i love the church i will be glad glad. when it is said unto me me, let let us go into the house of god So ask yourself, when you are told to come to the house of God, whether a text message comes, a WhatsApp comes, or a call comes, are you glad, or do you even get offended that they are disturbing you? Which one is your case? When cell meeting time is up, and let's meet for fellowship, do you feel glad going, or you feel irritated about it? When it's Wednesday, and you have closed the office, And you can come to church, but you feel that you are tired. Oh, I think I should be resting, you know. (laughs) Do you feel glad about coming or you feel something else? Now, let me show you. This is what the Bible says. David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of God. He showed his commitment to fellowship in a crazy manner. Look at what he said in Psalm 84, verse 10. I'll come back to it because there are some amazing benefits that fellowship brings. That David knew, and so he was committed to it. He said, a day, a single day. Somebody say, a single day. day. Read it aloud. A single day. A single day. In In your court. A single day in your court. A single day in your court is better than a thousand anywhere else. Now imagine one day. He says, one day in your house is better than a thousand anywhere else. He didn't say 24 hours, three days, four days, one week. One day in your house is better than a thousand anywhere else. And that word anywhere else" hit my spirit when I was teaching in the first sentence. Anywhere else. That means imagine the best of places you can imagine yourself to be. Some of you, when you think of the best of places, you think of U.S. You think of China. You think of Dubai. You think of uh, Hawaii, you think of all kinds of places, Bahamas, exotic places. David said, one day in the house of God is worth a thousand days in any of these places. That was proof of a man who loved the church. Loved the church. Coming to church was excitement to him. He says, I would rather be a gatekeeper in the house of my God. You know who a gatekeeper is? The watchman. Get keeper in the house of my God than to live the good life in the homes of the wicked. When your unbelieving friends, your people, your friends who don't go to church, they say we are having some party and beers are flowing. Guinness is flowing. You go there and sit there. You go there and sit there. Oh, pastor, I was just socializing with them. I didn't drink some. Listen. That socializing can corrupt your spirit. What did a lot do in Sodom? that at the end of the day, he ended up doing the things he did. He was just watching the people. They were messing up, watching the people, just watching them. And something was entering him unknowingly. Praise God. So said, what you don't like, you don't watch. What you don't resist has a right to remain. What you, won't, you don't fight, you cannot conquer. Praise God. Yeah. It's important that you understand that friendship has a limit. There is a limit to your friendship in the office. why you close office work, you've closed office works. Any other thing that is not related to work and will not advance your spiritual life, you should not waste your time on it. Am I communicating to somebody here? Yeah. Hanging out with all manner of people who have no serious listen. That's why your marriage is not working. Your relationship with God is not working and you think somebody is doing you, nobody is doing you, you are doing yourself. Praise God. Hallelujah. You are the one doing yourself. Then he said, being in the house of God is more important. Now, let's read Psalm 27, verse 4 to 6 in the contemporary English version. And then I will have somebody read that account for you. He said, I ask only one thing. Somebody say one thing. One thing. I ask only one thing. Lord, let me live you in your house every, single, every day of my life. Can you imagine that? Every single day of my life. You there? one month cry. What about cry? Bako. Bako. Because, well, i you name her. Meetings, even on Sundays. You know, the Jewish people, the Sabbath, they don't do anything. And they have the richest on the planet. They don't do anything. You work every day. What do you have? <laughs> yeah? Including the Sunday that you work. What do you have? What have you eating? What do you have? What do you have? The people who are the richest. They took it. Because you see, all work and no play will make you very unproductive, even less productive. When you work, it's wisdom. God, the omnipotent God, all-powerful God. He worked. He's limitless in his power. But he's still rested. If you choose one day, Particularly when God has designed it that the Sabbath must be kept and you keep it like that. One, it will affect your health, your thinking, your relationship, your children. Everybody around you will feel that something is happening in your life. But you know, now as you are, what is driving you is your work. When you get results, there you are happy. When it's not working, there you are depressed. You you contemplate on suicide. You know your problem. Your problem is that a very vital part of your life is not working. Am I communicating here? It's not working. And maybe nobody has been bold enough to tell you. But I stand here with, in all humility and I boldly tell you. If you don't amend it, you can attain all of the things you attain. But you will not have the life to enjoy it. It's not the case. It's a word of caution and advice. Praise God. Very important. This is what he said. One thing I ask. Let me live every day in your house. Now go to. He said to see how wonderful you are and to pray in your temple. Look at that. In times of trouble, this is why, this is why he's asking this is why he said, there will be times of trouble. Times of, nobody prays for times of trouble, but they come. They hit the strong, they hit the weak. They come at all times. They come at expected time, they come at unexpected time. He said, in times of trouble, because I've been dwelling in your house, you protect me. In times of trouble, you will hide me in your tent and keep me safe on top of a mighty rock. Verse 6, in times of trouble, he said, you will not let my enemies defeat, you will let me defeat all my enemies, and then I will celebrate. Am I communicating here? This is it. That's the key. Being in service either on Sunday, Wednesday, or any other day, is not for anyone's profit. It's number one. You are the one who, number one, profits from it. So it's important we explore some of it. Because where we read, he said he enjoyed a long life. Somebody say a long, long life. I bought this book, which I bought a couple of years ago. The title of the book is this. You can look for it anyway. The A to Z Guide to Healthy Living. The A to Z Guide to Healthy Living. They share about 68 points that are vital for long life. Anybody who wants to live a long life. All of them are there. And I was humbled. I was very humble to see that the second important point they gave was being in church regularly. Praise God. This is, this, this is not being in church That was the second most important. It's not, I didn't write it. I don't know them from anywhere. i am giving you an attack. Just note it. Go look for it and read it. Read it for us. The first point he gave he said, if you want to live long, number one, accept mortality. Number two, he said, attend a healthy church. Now, please, read. read. She'll read a few things to us.
3: Attend a healthy church. Don't let worry kill you off. Let the church help. Quote from a church bulletin. Over the past several decades, research has been showing that attending religious services increases longevity.
2: This is research proving. Over the last several years, research has proven it. David knew this. So he said, I, I want to be in the house of God all the time. And when he was in the house of God all the time, he died in a good old age. So this is what the research later on, because it came late. This Bible was written several years ago before the research was started. In fact, the people who had the research were not even born. Continue. Yeah, they were not born. They were not
3: Dr. Hammer and colleagues reported that attending religious services more than once a week has, was associated with an additional seven years of life.
2: Do you understand that? Being in service more than once a week. More than once a week. Sunday, Sunday. Those of you who come to church only on Sundays. You are no part. He said more than once a week. It's known to add seven more years to your life more than once a week. Please continue.
3: A long term study involving a long
2: term study
3: involving more than 5,000 Californian adults showed that those who attended religious services weekly or more had lower mortality rates than infrequent attendees. Good in another study, researchers infrequent
2: attendees. <laughs> <laughs> And I said, and I you don't count at all. Please continue. In another study, another re-
3: study, researchers found that people who attended religious services once a week had significantly lower rates of death from all causes compared with those who attended less frequently or never, even after adjusting for the something
2: that just came. Say from all causes of death. From all causes. All the things that can kill a person before his time. When you attend services regularly, he says, the people who attended were found to be.
3: They had significantly lower risks of death. Lower risk of death. Please continue.
2: From all causes
3: compared with those who attended less frequently or never. Even after adjusting
2: for age, health, behavior, and other risk factors. Good. Why is this? <laughs> he said, wow, because he's a doctor. He's, he's understanding better than most of you do. Where you consider all the other risk factors, what, the age of the person, and some other deliberating uh, uh, issues, including uh, behavior and all health behavior. Please pick the microphone for your daughter. Explain. No, 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 no. Explain. Come here. What are the other risk factors? Today, you people are preaching. Yeah.
4: Where is that part?
2: Explain that part.
4: Oh, okay. It says that... Um,
2: Cameraman, come and take them a photo.
4: <laughs> it says that in another study, researchers found that people who attended religious services once a week had significantly lower risk of death from all causes compared with those that? who attended less frequently <laughs> or never, even mm-hmm. after adjusting for age, health behavior, and other risk factors. Good. So it, it means that... Um, Uh, there are things which will definitely affect somebody's risk of death. So for instance, um, when you take the person's age, the person's health behavior, and other risk factors, including maybe the person's weight and all that, uh, BMI, body mass index harm. So when they looked at all that, those who attended church once a week had a significantly lower risk of death from all causes. So it means that once you want to have a good figure, you adjust it. Okay, now you add your age. You add your health behavior. So when you even put all those things there, they realize that one thing that ran through for all those who had a significantly lower risk of death were those who attended church service at least once a week.
2: This is the wisdom of God. This is the wisdom of God. Now please finish it up. Why is this? I've been preaching this for how many years now. You don't believe it, but when the research is came, you see your eyes are open. Yeah, because we believe human re- research than the word of God. Please continue.
3: Why is this? Are church going and longevity connected because gathering with friends is comforting? Is it because church attendees- is
2: asking some questions. Please pay attention. Please start that place again.
3: Why is this? Are church going and longevity connected because gathering with friends is comforting? Is it because church attendees practice more health-enhancing behaviors? or because there are many opportunities to volunteer within the local church and volunteering is healthy? Or could it be that church attendance strengthens your relationship with God and that makes you healthier? It may well be all the above and more. I don't know whether
2: you understand that point. You, you understand that point? This is grammar. This is not uh, in the, It's not Greek or Hebrew. This is grammar. He said, when we come to church, we find relationships which comfort us. We we have opportunities to offer service, which also helps. So all of these things that we do in church, they have a way of keeping you longer than the devil wants to take you. Praise God. Now this is this is a research. Let me show you some of the things that come into church regularly. That's for you from a biblical perspective. This is just a long life side. Being in church regularly, number one, it grows you up spiritually. And keeps you fit and strong spiritually. When you come to church regularly, you grow. Somebody say you grow. You grow. Those of you who have been here and you have been here consistently, you have realized that you have changed. You see, when you are growing, the major feature that you are growing and in a positive manner are the positive changes that you make in your life. But having stayed here for six months. There's a lot of peace in your home.
3: That's
2: change. That's what? Change. Before you came here, but having been around for some time, after some time, you see that it's gone down. Maybe you could hardly forgive, but now, first one week, say two days now, you see, change is taking place. Somebody say change is taking place. Now, say, you are growing, the major future, when you are a child, you need pampas. When you are growing, nobody wears you pampas anymore or diapers anymore. Praise God. You change. A child, the only thing they want to do, if they want to poo-poo, do it on themselves. But when you are growing, you change. You locate, you locate the WC and you do it by yourself. That's growth. When you come to church regularly, you grow. You grow. You grow. You grow. You grow. And I'm telling you, spiritual growth alone, <laughs> the effect it can have on you, your health, your finances, I'm telling you, some of you, you have a high blood pressure. It's not high blood pressure you have. It's a temperamental pressure you have. who you short circuited. short circuit, you know, who blow fuse, short short When you a you have high <laughs> blood pressure. you may have it but there are uh, certain uh, factors risk factors that provoke it growth somebody say growth Growth. that's number one number two I like this listen a lack of capacity or strength is a major reason for the failure of many don't forget this somebody say a lack of capacity capacity or strength strength is a a major failure major reason for the failure of many, you see, when you go through life, that's why sometimes you see that people who are who were exposed to a lot of things. Sometimes when you hear somebody's story, the kind of things they went through, and you see them particularly successful people, when you read biographies and you come across some amazing stories, you'll be humbled. The kind of experiences people went through, and in spite of it, they rose up to become the kind of persons they became. So you can only conclude that. With, uh, I think, I don't know whether it's John Maswell or so who said, it's not what happened to you that matters, but what you do with what happens to you. How many of you have heard that before? And the Bible also said the same thing. Proverbs 24, verse uh, 10, the message version. Proverbs 24, verse 10, Proverbs 24, message version. He says, if you fail, message version, please, if you fall to pieces in a crisis, I like this. There wasn't much to you in the first place. Somebody say, much to you. If you fail, fall into pieces in Christ, there wasn't much to you in the first place. When the crisis come, the little challenge in your home, say, I'm running away. The little challenge on your door, I'm running away. I'm doing this. There wasn't much to you in the first place. Praise God. What the scripture says is that crisis will come. But when you have capacity, the King James says, if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. That's what he says. How can you get more strength? God knows that when your strength is small, you can fall. So he also instructed you in Ephesians 6 verse 10. He said, be strong in the Lord. King James, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Why? Because if you are not strong, you will fail when crisis comes. How can you be strong? One of them is by being regular in fellowship. In the book of Psalm 84 verse 7. 84 verse 7. He said, they go from strength to strength. Every one of them in Zion appeared before. appeared before. appeared before. Appeared before some, the same place. Amplified version: They go from strength to strength, increasing in victorious power. Each of them appears before God in Zion. The New Living Translation. They will continue to grow stronger and each of them will appear before God in Jerusalem. Praise God. Coming to church keeps you stronger and stronger. Regardless of how your husband is behaving, acting, and doing. When you are consistent in fellowship, every time you come, the word of God will come. And as you adjust your behavior, you see that hitherto you thought your husband was a problem. As the word of God begins to work on you, you begin to see, I'm actually the problem. And as you adjust, you see things falling in place. Am I communicating here? That's number two. Number three, it protects and delivers you from satanic attacks. Being in church regularly protects and delivers you from satanic attacks. We heard David. He said, in the time of trouble, you will hide me. Contemporary English version, 27 verse 6, Psalm 27 verse 6. "You you You will let me defeat all my enemies. In times of trouble, you will help me you'll let me defeat all my enemies it's amazing in the book of 1st Corinthians something happened there was a man who was living with his father's wife and it was so bad his father's wife he had gone in into his father's wife and then it was happening in the church. and the Bible says that Paul gave an instruction he says in order for Satan to destroy him they should throw him outside the church they should not let him come to church when he doesn't come to church, Satan will destroy him. That means when you are in church and you know why you are in church, Satan can destroy you. Am I communicating here? A lot of things will not just happen to you just because you are regular and consistent in fellowship. Number four, it positions you to receive help from God. Somebody say help from God. Help. That's number three. It positions you to receive help from God. Help is all we need. Everybody needs help. How many of us need help? There's no human being who doesn't need help. But being regular in fellowship helps you to access help from God. In the book of Psalm 20, verse 1, he said, may he send you help from his sanctuary and grant you support from Zion. Oh, Amen. I like this. May God grant you support. Amen. May he send thee help and grant you support out Amen. of Zion. When you come to church, ta- God helps you. Praise God. He helps you. He helps you. He helps you. He helps you. In diverse ways, He helps you. Sometimes through a relationship, He helps you. Sometimes through somebody's testimony. Somebody, you hear somebody standing on the altar sharing the testimony. While He's sharing the testimony, the Holy Ghost is you connecting it to your own challenge. That is help you are getting. I'm not complicating here. That's all. Help comes to us in diverse forms. But I like this verse number four. It builds and maintains a memorial of you perpetually before God. I like this one too much. Somebody say it e builds and yeah. maintains a, a, a memorial a memoria. of you perpetually before God. Perpetually. While you read the verse three and four, let's see that verse three and four. He said, "May the Lord remember all your sacrifices and accept your burnt offerings." Take note, the Lord remember all your sacrifices and accept all your burnt offerings. Then he says, "May He remember." may he give you the desire of your heart and may all your plans succeed are you following what i'm reading the lord accepts all your offerings where in his in his church and he accepts all your sacrifices and he remembers you somebody say he remembers you people just think that things just happen god remembers certain people praise god he just remembers them and if there is a man god remembered consistently all through scripture that man was called David. David! Every now and then, the children of Israel, they the, the children of David, will misbehave. he said, but for my covenant with your, my servant David. But for my covenant with my servant David. He remembered him because he was committed to the house of God. In the book of Acts, we are told of a certain man who was called Cornelius. He built a memorial. You see, a memorial is something that is standing. Is a is a a monument that is built in your to remember you. Every time God looks at it, you come to his mind. And can you imagine where you are on God's mind perpetually? Praise God. But where you come, one month, no show. Two weeks, no show. Some days only. Listen, you are limiting your rate of remembrance. May God remember you. I said may God remember you. May God remember you. May God remember you. Yes. The Bible says of Cornelius, Acts chapter ten, verse four. Cornelius stared at him in fear. What is it? He asked. The angel said, "Your prayers and gifts to the poor have come before me as a memorial. Come before me as a memorial. Come, your prayers and gifts to the poor have been received by God as an offering. Offering. Offering." I close with this. It's vital for sound health and longevity. And that's what we read. Vital for what? Sound health. Vital for what? Sound Sound health. health. Sound health. Sound health. Sound health. Sound health. I'm telling you, sound health. If you want to live a healthy life, regular fellowship is key. Regular fellowship is what? Regular fellowship. Now, if I just want to even be so practical, just being in church and being obedient to what you hear in church, it delivers you from all the risk factors like alcoholism, true of us. Yeah. HIV, you'll be far from it. Am I communicating? Yeah, because, you see, these are things that are natural with people who don't have any relationship with God. So just by being around God, you are spared from all of these, apart from what the grace and the favor of God will do for you. Listen, loving God is not in words. Loving God is in deeds. And one major deed we do to prove and communicate our love to God is our consistent appearance and fellowship with the saints. And this is my prayer that beginning from today, the grace and the discipline to be consistent in fellowship. Sundays, Wednesdays, at cell meetings, at every gathering of the saints, receive grace to be there. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. In the name of Jesus, and beginning from this month, beginning from this month, may the Lord remember you. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, may God remember all your sacrifices. In In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, may He deliver you from all your enemies. May He preserve you a long life. In the mighty name of Jesus. So it shall be in your life. Now I declare you blessed. In this new week, may your own portion of the gift release come to you. In the name of Jesus. As you step out, you step out with God. As you return, you return with God. In all your ways, God will preserve you. There shall not be any evil news in our camp. It shall not be said that you were attacked by robbers. It shall not be said that your car crashed. It shall not be said that you wrote an exam and failed. In the name of Jesus, may the grace of God rest upon you. May whatever you put your hand on to do this week prosper. May people you have never met favor you in the name of Jesus Amen. in the name of Jesus in the anything of concern whether it's promotion a job a contract anything that is of concern related to you in any way anywhere, anything that is of concern to you is I release the favor of God upon it Amen. in the name of Jesus Amen. this week you shall receive favorable response Amen. in the name of Jesus Amen. For anyone who came here sick in the part of your body i cast that sickness to depart Amen. i command it out now Amen. in the name of jesus Amen. as you descend the stairs, that sickness leaves your body Amen. in the mighty name of jesus so it shall be in your life so it shall be in your life so it shall be in your life you are blessed
1: Pastor Afuakwa has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success and limitless prosperity.
0: To get a copy of this message and other messages as well as books by Pastor Afuakwa, please call 020-422-5790 or 027-422-5790 or email us at faithhousechapel at yahoo.com.
1: Get interactive with Pastor Afuakwa on Facebook and Facebook. Twitter. You can also visit our website www.faithhousechapel.com for any other information.
0: Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our two English services 6.30 to 8am fair service, 8.30 to 10.30am second service and on Tuesdays for our word encounter service 6 to 8pm at our church auditorium on the top floor of Nanaama Ejakuma Plaza opposite the Unity Oil Station Santa Run about Kumasi, Ghana.
1: God richly bless you. My life. My life. Yeah.